Welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the agenda today, it's just been announced that uh, Premiership clubs will be able to provide virtual season tickets for next season. What a world it is we now live in, um, but that's what fans have now got to look forward to for the upcoming campaign whenever it may start. And there have been a couple of departures at Celtic. Uh, over the past week, uh, Johnny Hayes and Jojo Samunovic have officially left the club. Um, we'll have a wee look at those decisions and have a look at what the transfer window and whatever shape and format arrives uh, might bring for Celtic this summer. Um, Michael, thanks again for joining us. How are you today? No problem. Good afternoon. It's uh, well, it's not like anywhere I've got to be, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh-huh, exactly. still, uh, apart, apart from our daily exercise. Um, still, still housebound, but there's everybody else. But um, yeah, we're getting on. We're um, getting bigger by the week. <laughs> I, um, if, I mean, I, I must admit, when that rule came in that we could now go for two runs a day, um, what was who, who who goes for two runs a day? Oh well, exactly. It's hard enough getting one run a day. Um, um, two walks a day, maybe. Two walks. Two, um, two I mean, all, these people, all these people have never walked a day in their life without walking now, <laughs> <laughs> including myself. I I know, I know. Um, well, the kind of big news coming out of Scottish football today, um, the SPFL have struck a deal with uh, Sky Sports uh, to provide virtual season tickets uh, for next season, um, whenever that may you know, eventually start. I know we're aiming for the 1st of August, the, the weekend beginning 1st of August, but obviously that remains a, a provisional date because um, we don't know what's going to happen between then and now. Um but you know, just take us through. I mean, what's your understanding of how these these virtual season tickets are, are going to work? Well, that's the thing that we're, we're a little bit short on actual detail at the moment. Um, we've got the initial. I think, say, linking up with, with Sky Sports, not it's not going to be Sky that are going to be doing this. It's, mm-hmm. um, they're basically saying that we can, it's the SPFL can show their games to the fans, their home games uh, online, or whatever. Um, but as long as they don't. Um, go up against their, their own live matches they still get the same amount of live games still 48 games a season Sky are showing so there'll still be a game on a regular time slot um, for example your, your Sunday at 2pm or something like that mm-hmm. um, but the rest of the clubs can, can show their fans uh, their home games uh, through this virtual season ticket we don't know yet things like costs things like what the kind of rules are I, mean, I think it's saying home games so how does that affect you if you want to watch your away games you need to buy into it as a kind of like a pay at the gate type thing except you're at home and mm-hmm. um, see we don't know what the things that costings mean is, is it going to mean that if you've bought a season ticket already that's going to cover you for your virtual season ticket I would think it would have to because I think yeah. you can show off out twice mm-hmm. if you can't go to the games um, so we just need details now we've got the kind of green light from Sky that they're allowing us to show these games behind closed doors to fans but we need to find out now what the kind of um, devil in the detail, see what it's going to be, see what it's going to cost us logistically, what it's going to cost the fans to, to watch, um, and then go from there. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's a it's a next step for us in terms of getting back to playing in some kind of capacity, but we need to get more details to find out how it's going to be logistically. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it there. I, I don't think you would get... You surely wouldn't have many fans who have already forked out for a season ticket who would then... You know, be particularly happy with being asked to pay again. Um, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't I mean, thought so. There'd have to be some sort of kind of amalgamation there, wouldn't there? That it all comes together as part of one package. I would think that's how we'll do it. If you bought a season ticket, it gets you access to the footage until times you can get back into the game, the games. Um, 
And it's, it's an awkward one because clubs are selling team tickets just now. I mean, no, I know. Um, I mean, Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts have all sold. Dun United, they've also sold a lot of season tickets um, with no real knowledge of when they're going to get back into the grounds. Mm-hmm. And it might well be that they don't get back in at all at one time. It might be um, that the grounds are capacity reduced for a while up until New Year. Um, so you've bought a season ticket, you don't really know when and how often you can use it. Yeah. Um, so they'll get, I guess they'll get access to the footage of the games. Um, but like everything just now, it's a bit of a kind of... Um, a bit of a kind of step into the unknown. We just don't know how it's going to unfold. But this yeah. is just a step. It's a, it's, a, it's a step that Sky aren't going to block us from showing the games. Which is a start because they could. I think they could have done. They could have said, "No, we've got the broadcast rights. Therefore, you can't show it." Which I know that like, the club media just now can show their games, but not in the UK. If you know what I mean. So if you've, yeah. you've got a, a subscription to Celtic TV, Red TV, Rangers TV, you get to watch it abroad, but you can't watch it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the home games and all that stuff. So. This, this takes that kind of block out of the way. And I guess, and the customers who have bought season books have to be the ones front in the queue. Um, but how it all plays out, we need to wait and see, I think. Yeah, I mean, but I, I suppose that, we're, you know, everybody's been kind of asking, you know, the questions of how is it going to work? How's, how will this factor into it? But I think it's kind of at a time where, you know, we're not, we're not getting a lot of good news in terms of no. and anything else. It's it's kind of important, I think, to, to recognise that it's a wee step forward to getting back. Yeah, it's another, another another little nudge forward. Um, see, there's a lot of hurdles still to be cleared for Scottish football. And this August the first date, um, it, it sounds great, and it's um, but there's an awful lot needing done before it comes to um, fruition, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to cost a lot of money. And this has to be cost effective as well. You know what I mean, because the clubs are going to pay wages for players with with a much reduced income. So this this can make them some money. These virtual season tickets can make them some money. But we mm-hmm. need to wait and see what the kind of demand is, what the kind of uptake is. Because um, clubs just now are trying to work out budgets and stuff like that, and worrying about how, how to play players that got under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's still a lot of work needing done to figure all this out, I think. But yeah. it does give us a wee glimmer of hope. And I'd love to think that we're back playing in August the 1st uh, and we've got some kind of football to watch, mm-hmm. albeit um, not quite as we were used to. Yeah. But I mean, even looking at the SFA documents this week about the return to football, there's an awful lot of things that need to be done in terms of training and, and grounds and, and all that stuff. Yeah. It looks a bit ominous, to be honest with you, when you see what's required to be done. Um, so we've got, what, seven, eight weeks now to try and get this operational. Is there parts of you said, you know, some of it looks quite ominous? Is there, is there parts of that that stuck out for you? Just the kind of the fact that I mean, the, the training schedule, the way, the way you can train is, is also limited for the time being and for, for I don't know how long. That, that depends on government. And the kind of sanitation of the grounds and the, and the kind of training facilities and all that stuff. These are all things that are kind of, I mean, know the kind of um, equipment needing done. Then there's testing. It's a lot of money for this kind of stuff. Yeah. That uh, let's be honest, the game's not exactly flush with cash. Uh-huh. Um, I know we're hearing about kind of benefactors putting money in and all that stuff, and that, would, but that would obviously help in terms of these kind of logistical things we need. But there's a, it's a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's all right for the English Premier League and the Bundesliga because they've got, they've got a lot of money, whereas mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how we how we cope with it. And I say all this is going on when there's players under contract getting paid with no money coming in. Um, yeah. So it's a case of kind of hanging on just now and, and, and seeing how much they can make from this virtual season ticket um, plan um, and just try and open up some revenue streams because it's it's going to be difficult. I mean, everything yeah. I mean, hospitality, corporate sponsorship, all these things are on hold just now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the fact that if we get a promise to be shown games live, 
from um, whether it's on Sky or it's on these virtual season books, it might help be able to drive some sponsorship money in mm-hmm. because it will be a, it will be a it will be a kind of um, a platform there. But then every com- every company's now has been hit with this COVID nineteen situation as well, so the marketing budgets have been slashed. Yeah. Um, as well, so it's it's an absolute mess to unravel. Um, so it, and there's still a bit to go yet. So we'll get seven or eight weeks to try and get something in place that we can get up and going. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the infrastructure or the finances of, of an e, of an EPL or a Bundesliga. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe you know, obviously, it could. I think potentially it could help that you know the fact that we are you know somewhat behind. Um, other countries in terms of how we're dealing with it, you know, like you know, you see, you've got uh, a place like Denmark who are you know similar population to ourselves, um, who they've managed to restart football. So, is it kind of key that we start, you know, looking at how these countries are doing it and maybe learn? Yeah, but from yeah, that? the thing about these countries are this, this is this is this is beyond Scottish football. This is these are countries that are run by proper governments and what they're doing. <laughs> If you look at Austria, Switzerland, Denmark, these countries have dealt with the whole situation far, far better than the UK. I mean, we're we're up there with the worst in the world for dealing with this. Yeah, but I mean, I see the politicians as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the, the football unfortunately has been collateral damage, like a, like a lot of com- companies. But if you go to Denmark and I say Switzerland, Austria, Germany, these places, they've dealt with the whole thing in, in general much better than us. Yeah. Um, therefore, they're, they're in a stronger position to get back to the kind of, some sort of normality, whereas we're we're not. I mean, yeah. say we can't even launch an app in this country without the crash. Um, so you're not expecting too many lessons to be learned on that front. We're, we're, we're at the mercy of Westminster and Holyrood, really, and um, we've been let down badly by them. So, so just to take it back to the the TV deal um, for a wee minute, mate. Um, with a question sent in from uh, Stephen Ray on Twitter. Um, obviously, this was sent in before the virtual season tickets were announced, so things have changed, obviously, a wee bit. Um, he says, when the SPFL signed its new TV deal on the basis they got more money for less games, apparently this was to protect the amount of fans attending. Uh, so now with the prospect of no fans for the foreseeable, could the SPFL put together another package of games they could sell? Yeah, well, it's, that's that's not going to happen. I mean, they've, they've, they've confirmed now that the the, the forty eight games will uh, will remain, um, and the, the virtual season tickets will be for for the fans who would be going to the games to watch online um, until until uh, we're back into the stadiums again. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the TV deals are kind of strange. They have been in place to protect kind of crowds, as me especially the kind of um, Celtic Rangers have have kind of limited to four home games a season, and two of them are old firm games as well. Um, their, their home match and that's to protect their, their home crowds Yeah, uh, I think the rest of the teams I think it's six games a season or something like that they've got or something um, but that, so that's not that's not changing um, despite the circumstances I think, I think the hope is that this is not going to be forever yeah. I think these virtual season tickets are the case of to kind of get games watched until we get back in the stadiums whether it's October, November or, or even January at least maybe they'll get some part of the season in the grounds yeah, um, whether that happens, we need to, it remains to be seen. But uh, no, the TV deal will still be the still be forty eight games in the sky, and then each team can can um, sell season tickets for for armchair fans to watch the home games. We need to find out still what happens with away games and all that stuff. Can you buy into it as a pay per view? We need to work all that. Is it great to find out the cost of these things? Is it going to be the same price as a season ticket usually? Seems quite steep to sit and watch now, but we don't know. 
Um, these are all things we need to find out in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Well, as you say, I think the details of that will probably start emerging the closer we get to this potential restart date. Um, obviously, what we'd normally be talking about at this time of year is usually pretty much exclusively transfers because obviously the season would be finished and we'd be looking at maybe who's going to sign who. But I think I can kind of feature, obviously not just Celtic, certainly across Scotland the, the past couple of weeks is, and days is that you know it's players going the other way, players unfortunately being released. Uh, Celtic, don't think we're expecting the mass exodus that you might see elsewhere, but obviously a couple of players have left the club, um, Johnny Hayes and Jojo Suminovic. So did you, obviously we knew they were coming to the end of their contracts, Mike, but did you expect another another year or so for, for Hayes and Suminovic? Yeah, I think so. I mean, speaking to, to, to Johnny over the, the last kind of six months before all this carry on, I think there was, the suggestion was that, that they were going to maybe look to kind of extend it. I don't think it was anything cast iron. Um, I Johnny Hayes is not going to be a, a, a first team pick if everybody's fit. Um, I think I think even he knows that as well. Um, but he's a guy I think Neil Lennon liked having in the squad because he's versatile. He can play a number of roles. Um, doesn't never let side down type thing. But um, <laughs> he's never going to be that that main man if everyone's everyone's available. Um, <laughs> plus, remember, Celtic spent six million quid and two left backs last summer um, in um, Ball and Goalie and, and Greg Taylor. So, I think, I mean, I, would, they, would they have left if this situation wasn't happening? Maybe not. It might have been worth keeping for another year. But then, then Johnny would want to make, play games as well. So, kind of, I, I thought he might have stayed another season, but I'm not that surprised that he's, he's gone. He three good years at Celtic, obviously yeah. injury as well. Um, and I think he'll go, I think he will walk into most sides in Scotland at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think maybe both parties, maybe that's maybe the best sensible thing to do. Because yeah, there's all um, that talk about. Potentially going back to Aberdeen. Well, yeah, that's I mean that would be a natural one for them. I mean, but I think like Aberdeen, like a lot of teams, will wait and see how this situation unfolds before they start committing to new contracts. Right. Like, so we'll have enough pay the ones they've got there now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back at Aberdeen. Um, in terms of in terms of Saminovich, again, I think I think in ordinary an ordinary situation, I think he might have certainly had a, had a, a one year option to to extend his deal uh, and didn't take it, which I'm a wee bit surprised with. Um, uh, I think again he's a player that that, that Neil Lennon has been is quite liked, but with the, with the knowledge that he's a little bit unreliable in terms of fitness, he's not played a full season in five seasons. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really hang your hat on him in terms of his overall for a for a season. Um, and he's and he's on a, he was on a decent whack of money as well at Celtic, so it's a, a high wage. Maybe not maybe not only playing twenty games a season sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I kind of thought that we might, might have extended hit the kind of extension button and then looked to, to sell them, mm-hmm. but then the, the complete the transfer market has completely changed now. Um, there's no guarantees that, that that players will get picked up just now, and so you you're, then you've got a guy in a wage that's maybe looking to go, and you might not get rid of him, maybe stuck with him for another year, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I can understand. I think maybe the economics of, of his deal might have come into it, but also the fact that I think I think Neil Lennon will go out and 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 recruit another centre half um as well. And maybe I'm not saying you I mean I think when Mr. Mm-hmm. is fit, he's a good player. But would you think is it that big a miss? I, I, I don't know. Purely but I think he's a bit rash still as well. And, and mm-hmm. like I say, he's unfortunately for him, his injury record over the years hasn't been particularly great. Um so I can understand that one. But yeah. I think as you say it's you know it's there's kinda of a lot of promise with Simunovic at times, but as you say the injuries just kinda of, 
got in the way a, a wee bit too often. And I think yeah, you might be right in that there's a kind of economic uh, consideration there as well. But you mentioned the fact that Celtic might then go after another centre-back. We had another question from on Twitter from uh, Ross McDougall. He's just asking what positions do you think will be looked at for the summer? Um, a goalkeeper, left-back, centre-half, as we said, and possibly another winger? Yeah, I think um, goalkeeper, yeah. I mean, I think um, obviously if there's a Foster loan deal up, I, would, I think that's one they'll, they'll obviously look to try and get in, um, bring him back. And Craig Gordon currently is now a contract as well. That's still to be resolved. It might be up to whether Craig wants to hang about um, or try and get games somewhere else. We have to wait and see with that one. So a goalkeeper would definitely be looking at. I think if there's a Foster would be the top top target. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends if he, if he can cut a deal with Southampton or something can arrange another loan deal. I think um, there's a few hurdles need to be to be jumped for that one. Um, kind of like two years left in his deal down there. Um, but then they're, they're looking to kind of offload, looks like as well, um, certain parts of their squad. And he's, he's yeah, so if he can cut a deal with Southampton, they might be able to get him permanent if he wants to come back. I think everyone knows he's, uh, he loves playing for Celtic, so it wouldn't be surprising that one. Um, but they need to keep an eye out for goalies in the meantime because, like I said, a lot needs to be done for that to happen. Yeah. Um, Foster's on quite a big wage packet at Southampton, so there would be, as much as he, you know, he loves. Being at Celtic, I think there would be a there would be a consideration there, wouldn't there? I think there has to be, yeah. Man. I think there has to be. You won't, you won't get the same kind of money at Celtic as you get at Southampton. So, um, um, and then uh, he's, he's had such a good season last season, Fraser Forster. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's kind of forgotten about doing England for a while there um, yeah. after his injury, and, and um, I think his form last year would have put a lot of people on an alert. So there might be some other clubs that would be willing to pay that kind of money again for him, mm-hmm. um, which makes it harder. But I, I think. Yeah. Listen, any time you speak to Fraser Forster, he's always, I mean, he loves playing at Celtic. It seems to get the best out of him as well, playing at Celtic for some reason. Yeah. Um, so he's got his form back that was shown before injuries and down south, the kind of form that got into England squads. So um, I, I think he would be open to it, but I say that it's a, it's a business at the end of the day, so you have to wait and see what the market's going to be like. Mm-hmm. They say if, if a club comes in and says there's £10 million to sign him on 70 grand a week, it's, it's a tough decision to make I mean, it's a short career yeah because um, I certainly couldn't match those kind of numbers but like, like I say I don't think I think he's very much open to it um, uh, from what we hear so we'll have to wait, wait and see yeah. and um, our positions um, I think I think it might depend on who, who maybe maybe we go as well I mean I think wide areas yeah because I think, think look at Scott Sinclair going, you look at um, <laughs> Marion Sved not really working out, Lewis Morgan going, there's a, I mean, um, there's quite a lot, maybe a few wide players, I know, but I know that Brendan Rodgers talked about these millions of wide players, yeah. but the numbers, the numbers have dropped to a few hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> um, a manageable number. A more manageable number, yeah. So I, don't, I think that might be a, a kind of attacking mm. wide player, yeah, would be the one they'll be looking at, yeah. Yeah, so um, just keeping on with the situation at Southampton, do you think then there's a a potential that they could Celtic could maybe bring Mohamed El Yunusi back. I mean, because he never really got a, a great run at it, despite looking pretty pretty good when he did get a run at it. El Yunusi. Yeah, I mean, when he arrived, he looked a little bit out of shape. Um, maybe match fitness. It took him maybe five or six games. Then he hit a run of form, and he was he was terrific for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then he got injured, so it's been a bit of a strange season for him. Um, but again, he's, he's, I think he's got three years left in his deal at Southampton on, on decent money as well. Uh, and they paid a lot of money for him. Yeah. Um, 
So it depends on whether or not the, the, the a loan deal would suit Southampton. They say they've heard stuff about them wanting to offload players. Um, would they get them in a kind of cut price deal? Perhaps, yeah. but again, there's wage issues as well. So it's a it's a tricky one for them. I mean, I think it's um, again. I think he's enjoyed his time up in Scotland as well. Uh-huh. It's a bit unfortunate how it all worked out for him eventually. Would that be one of those ones? Like you know, say if you were getting somebody like that on a loan deal for another year, coming into obviously such an important season. Because what I think Southampton paid about fifteen million for him. Yeah, yeah. Would it be worth pursuing a loan deal there? It may be a bit of extra cost. Because I mean, obviously, Celtic aren't going to be able to go out and spend fifteen on a winger, but they'd be getting another, they'd be getting a fifteen million pound player for that season, and it's not just obviously any season; it's you know, the ten in a row season. So is it? Would it be? Obviously, they wouldn't be able to buy him, but if they were able to push out a bit more on the loan deal, I don't know, maybe a loan fee or covering a bit more of the wages, would it be a bit well, more that, effective? Maybe the, going and buying another winger. That's the, that's, the, that's the kind of risk reward they need to weigh up. Um, I mean, they, ha- they have done it in the past with kind of big, big kind of um, blockbuster loan deals. I mean, Charlie Nasonda wasn't didn't come cheaply, mm-hmm. um, didn't particularly work out that well. Um, so yeah, I can understand it, but it would be tempting. I mean, if he's keen, then I think it would be tempting because he was a, he was a top performer when he was fit. Um, but the the ball's firmly in Southampton's court. I see he's got three years left and a lot of money. Um, cost them a lot of money as well. So if they can get him on loan for the year and cost a few quid, then it's it's maybe not such a gamble because he's been in a club before, so he's not yeah. going to have to settle in. So yeah, it would be, it could make good business. And he's quality um, apparent anyway. So yeah, exactly. So it just depends on what's happening in the market in the next kind of six eight weeks as well and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it would it would make sense, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And just in terms of the market in general, I mean it's. Uh, it's kind of hard to say at this stage what's going to happen. We obviously we expect. I don't think we'd expect to see you know hundred million pounds transfers and this and that. But how how different can you see it being just in general this summer? Well, this is what we have to wait and see because this might reset the entire transfer market across the continent. Because um, I mean every club is feeling feeling the pinch from this this um, situation. So, I mean, I think we'll need to see the blockbuster moves first when they start happening and see where the kind of um, the pricing is because they were the marker posts for the rest of the um, the rest of the moves. Um, and that's the thing, we, we could be we could be seeing players' values completely changed. I mean, we don't know. Um, it means that the, the, the £100 million player is now worth £50 million. The £50 million player is now worth 25 The 25 one is now worth 12 and a half. Yeah. We might see this. So it means that guys like Odson Edward... Um, Chris Iyer, um, Callum McGregor, guys that were quoted twenty odd million pounds, are thinking they're sitting on twenty five million pound assets. Yeah, might not be in it. Might not be twenty five million pound assets anymore. Uh-huh. Um, because the market will filter down. Everyone's everyone's value will will sit accordingly. Um, but we don't know yet because these these transfers haven't really happened yet. So we don't know where the market's going to be after all this. Yeah. Um, I suppose we're getting ourselves because a lot of these seasons haven't even finished yet, and they won't be for. This is another thing. I mean, I mean, can can players sign? I mean, I don't know the transfer market hasn't opened yet, and we're waiting for UEFA. I think it's seventeenth of June to kind of clarify on these things. Um, but there's some seasons that are going to rumble on into August, September, even other seasons won't start till September, October. There's a European campaign that's still left in limbo. Um, I mean, we've got a, a European football picture as a big, massive jigsaw puzzle, and nobody knows how to put the parts back together. Uh, I wouldn't want to be the guy that has to 
ask us to do that. Just in terms of Celtic specifically, you know, you mentioned Odson Edward, obviously we were kind of expecting that there would be at least some level of interest in him this summer. Uh, and the name that was going about uh, from a Celtic perspective this week, um, it was reported down in England, um, was this guy Sean Weissman from over in Austria. Um, looks, a, looks to have a really good goal-scoring record over there, I think 29 goals in 30 games. But the kind of caveat to that was that this would be a guy that Celtic would perhaps look at if Edward was was to be tempted away this summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... I think that's what Celtic are just now. I think there'll be there'll be a, a list they're working on of, of contingencies if Edward. Listen, Edward's at the stage of his career now that, that he's done a couple of seasons Celtic. He's been he's been terrific. There's interest all over the continent. So that it, it, it's the case of when a window opens up any day there could be a phone call and an offer that that Celtic just couldn't turn down or the player couldn't turn down. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we saw it with Mister Dembele. Um, but unlike that situation, I think Celtic will have a contingency plan that if he does, um, I move does come up in that for Edward, I think they'll have a list of targets. I think Celtic were caught a wee bit cold when Dembele left in transfer deadline day a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, they didn't have three or four guys that they could they had lined up that they yeah. could come in because that situation just seemed to escalate really quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, in previous years, that so they have been able to kind of. Have some people on a list of players they could go to uh, if they lost someone at the end of the window. Um, I think, I think under Benny Rogers, I think they thought they could keep him. Mm-hmm. Caught a wee bit in the hop, and I say I think the, the, the scout at that point in time. I'm not entirely convinced it was that great um, back then either. Uh, for all for all the success that they achieved, I think in terms of recruitment, it was a wee bit of a question mark at times um, mm. as well. But I don't think that'll happen this time. I think there will be a list of players that they can they can they can tap into should some huge money come in for yeah. Edward. Where that happens now, we have to wait and see. Like I say, the market might have changed, and all of a sudden your your twenty five million pound asset isn't quite worth twenty five million pound anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think what <laughs> it's kind of been lost in all this that you know Celtic would have been getting into this transfer window off the back of the sort of recruitment and scouting under Nicky Hammond it's all been kind of uh, sort of revolutionised and changed over the past few months so they would have been <laughs> from kind of going into this transfer window with this kind of obviously a new a new approach new systems whatever this guy's put in but then everything yeah. again just changed completely yeah that's true I mean, if you look back to the last summer I think remember uh, in the summer was like going, fans were demanding signings they weren't coming they were cracking up about signings but they were trying to kind of change things around the background mm-hmm. during this period as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting a bit of catch up at that stage, um, but that's now kind of up and running. And I say the, the, the recruitment has been decent. I think in the last year, I mean, you look at the players that have come in, Frimpong, Elanusi. These guys have, have done well. We need to wait and see about, about Klamala and Sorrow. These guys are coming in January. We don't know enough about them yet. We'll see much of them. Um, so the ball, the ball targets. But I think I say. The marquee guys, the guys, the, the, the Ayers, the, the Edwards, the Chams, these guys, McGregor's and these guys, they can keep hold of these players. That's the first, I think that'll be the first kind of target. And then, then, then supplement them with signings around about them. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's all from us today. Thanks again very much for joining us. Um, if you want to get the podcast as soon as it's available, you can get download it from the Global Player app. Uh, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, you can get it on there as well. But make sure you get on that Global Player app to get it as soon as it's available. And you can download that on iOS and Google stores. Thanks to Mick for joining me and we'll be back again next week. 